0: Oh, good morning, everyone. Whoop. Sorry. It's my OCD. Um, <clears throat> my name is Pastor Justin. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to remind you right after this service, we're all going to be heading over to Rotary Park here in Biddeford for our annual church family picnic. I'd love for you all to come out. If you're like, maybe this is your your first day here, you are invited It's going to be an awesome time. We got fun for the whole family, food, all kinds of stuff that's going to be going on, and of course the annual pie eating contest will be happening. And I'll be taking on whoever dares uh, to take me on, (laughs) young and old. I'll take you on, all of you. Um, So uh, make sure you come on out. If you don't know how to get to Rotary Park, maybe not from Biddeford, that kind of thing. uh, You look on your like uh, little thing that you're sitting on right now and your little brochure on the bottom there's a little gps where you can gps it or you can go to nlc.today and uh, go to events and click on click on the church family picnic and there's a place you can just click and it links you right to google maps which is what i'll be doing um you're like i know i know i should know the way i get lost in walmart parking lot anyway um anyway 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 i just wanted to give you a quick update before we get started uh, last Sunday, if you were here, I mentioned a need that that we had through our partners in Russia. I just got back from Russia about a week and a half ago, and uh, thank you. It was awesome. God's doing an amazing work over there, and uh, one of the things that really struck me was the, the drug rehabs that we've been a part of over there in Russia, and uh, there are, like, so many of the pastors that are planning churches over there have come out of the drug rehabs it's amazing to me how god is not just lifting them up and getting them off drugs but but raising them up to be leaders in leaders in the church for christ and so um a lot there's been a lot of persecution and they've been shutting down a lot of the uh the drug rehabs the one that i visited will be shut down january 1st if they don't meet some certain uh, commercial building codes it's a 150 year old building everything's old in russia so I just put it out there last week, like, hey, you know, if God puts it on your heart, then uh, you know, they need. Essentially, I threw out like they needed four thousand dollars for a new furnace, and the whole kit and caboodle is twenty thousand. And uh, just over the past six days, I didn't, We didn't take a special offering or anything like that. I'm just so proud of of our church. You know, when when God speaks, you listen. And um, so far, just as of today, we've brought in three thousand seven hundred and fifteen dollars. Just a couple hundred dollars short of of getting that that furnace. So we're going to be sending that out soon. Thank you so much for for just responding to that as God kind of moves on you. And if maybe you didn't know about it or you're like, oh, man, I was going to do that. You can, if you want to, you can just write a check, New Life Church. And then in in the memo line, just make sure you put Russia Rehab. And uh, we'll make sure it gets to that. Or you can go online to nlc.today and give 24 hours a day. Um, and you can just designate it right there to Russia Rehab. But anyway, just thank you for for just answering the call when God moves on you. That is, that's so key. It's what this thing is all about. Um, anyway, we're kicking off a new series this week. And I've, I've called it The God I Never Knew. The God I Never Knew. And we're going to be spending the, the next few weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. Today is kind of an introductory, an extra introduction, an introductory message to to lay a foundation that we can build from as we move forward. Talking about the Holy Spirit, some of what I'm going to be sharing today will be old news for some of you that have maybe been around the church. You're like, I kind of already knew that, and, and this isn't really something, um, you know, mind blowing to me. And for some of you though, what we're going to be sharing today will be revolutionary to your walk as you follow Jesus. And um, so my prayer is that throughout this whole series, as we talk about the the God I never knew, and we talk about the Holy Spirit, that my prayer is that each of us would come to a deeper revelation, a deeper realization, that, that, listen, whether you've been saved for 50 years or for five minutes, and you thought, man, I thought this was Home Depot, um, God has something more for you. God has something more for you. No matter where you are in your journey, there is always more that He has for His followers. Amen? Yes. So I call it the God I never knew because growing up, I really, I really didn't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Um, and and maybe you can you can relate to this. So let me explain. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a bunch of things that I kind of grew up with, that um, some misconceptions and misperceptions and and beliefs and thoughts about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so maybe you can relate to some of these. Growing up, I I could relate to God the Father, like I consider him God God, right? Like he's He's God, God, and if I need something, He's who I'm going to ask for. He's God the Father. And so I'm, you know, sometimes even in your prayers, you're like, Father God, Father God, I pray that you would do this. Father God, I, you know, so, so I, I can grasp that. It's my Father, He's God. I can even wrap my head around Jesus because, okay, He's God's Son, so He's Jesus God. And so, you know, I, I can understand that, like, His death, burial, and resurrection actually made the way. He's the way maker, Right? For, for me to be able to be saved. So I, I can relate to Jesus. I mean, he, I can read about him. We go through the Gospels and and, 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 I, and I can relate to him. And so, okay, he's God's son and so I can pray to him. But but my, my question was always, what or who is the Holy Spirit? Like, I, I, I kind of realize, you know, as we are Trinitarians, in, in other words, what we believe is that there is one God in three persons, and the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. We, we, we realize that, and so essentially what that means is that he is God too. My question was always this, growing up, what is the division of labor in the unit in, in the Trinity? Really, and, and look, it, I know you guys are so much holier than me, so you, so you don't ask this question, but I always felt like the Holy Spirit got left out. You know, when, when, if you do a really good prayer, which, you know, growing up, and, and, and I always wanted to do a really good prayer, I would try to address all three persons of the Trinity, and I always felt like the Holy Spirit got left out, because we'd be like, okay, Father God, uh, you know, I, I ask this, you know, Jesus, 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 thank you for this, and Holy Spirit, you, you do you. You, you know, because, because it always seemed to me like the Father God and, and Jesus God were doing all the heavy lifting. And so, if I'm supposed to pray to the Holy Spirit, like, what exactly am I supposed to be praying for? These are the questions that I have. The, the other thing is that I grew up in a denomination that, that called the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. Which didn't help me at all. Like, I, I, that freaked me out. Freaked me straight out. I remember the first time I started reading about the Holy Ghost. And, and here's the thing. Like, I never had a good connotation about ghosts. I grew up in the 80s, which means I watched me a lot of Scooby-Doo. So, amen. Thank you, sister. I hear that clapping. So here's the thing. I feel like I have a really good fear of ghosts because of that. So what does that mean? Essentially, this was my, my mindset, is that a ghost is a dead person who just won't leave. Right? And then they, then they haunt us. And they make spooky noises, and they knock things off of mantles. Like, that was in my limited ideas. Like, that, that, that's, what a ghost, that's what a ghost does. And so then I'm like, okay, so uh, apparently this is a good ghost. Because it's Jesus's. Listen, here's the thing that I always thought. I, I literally thought this, and, and this will free for some, some of you to think like, okay. My pastor thought this. I, I used to think that the Holy Ghost was Jesus's ghost. Like like his ghost, ghost. I mean, because you read the Bible, and it almost kind of like leads you to it a little bit, because he's like, Jesus says to his disciples, look, guys, I'm going to have to go, and if I don't go, the ghost won't come. <laughs> it's like, and I put two and two together, I'm like, I got you. Jesus dies, you know, yeah, sure, he's risen, but then he goes up, and then his ghost can come and haunt us in a good way, right? So we have this kind of like, We have this idea, like, these are the questions that that I wrestle with. And then growing up, you look at churches. Maybe you come from different types of backgrounds and churches and denominations. You have some denominations that, that, that don't even talk about the Holy Spirit, and in fact warn you against people who do talk about the Holy Spirit. You've been warned. You know, you're like, look, if they talk about the Holy Spirit too much, they're probably a cult, right? I mean, they just... If they talk about the Holy Spirit, that's you know, apart from reading it in, in the Word of God, just stay away because they're probably not, not good news. And then, and then you start to look at other people, those churches, that, that talk about the Holy Spirit. And as a kid, I figured it out. This is what I figured out. Apparently, when you're really into the Holy Spirit, you either wear a lot of makeup or no makeup at all. i kid but come on it's true <laughs> i love the awkward laughter yeah this is good it's true it's true like as a kid i'm looking at this like okay i got to figure it out this is the distinction here this is what goes on when you're really into the holy spirit this that's why i named it the god i never knew the god i i never knew and i'd like to think that these were all like childish musings about this this holy spirit this god that that i didn't really understand it. They didn't know. Maybe these are just misperceptions. But, but as I get older, in the Lord and just getting older, and as I look within the church, even within this room, the Holy Spirit is very controversial. For some of you in here, you're like, why did I come here today? This is weird. Their churches have split over the Holy Spirit. Families have split. Don't talk to each other. Don't talk to that side of the family over the the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of misperceptions, a lot of fears surrounding the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want to say as the basis of where we're headed is this. This should not be so. It should not be so. And so my hope and my prayer, as we journey through this together over the next several weeks and we talk about who is the Holy Spirit, my, my hope and prayer is that we would come to a greater understanding, a greater revelation of this, this person, this, this God that Jesus died for us to, to have. So I want to take a moment, and um, this is if you're taking notes today, this is kind of like not in your notes. This is before your notes. I want to just hit on just three points really quickly um, because I think that they're instrumental for us to move forward in talking about who the Holy Spirit is. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit is God. It may sound really simple. Maybe for some of you, you're like, yeah, I know that. Like, I'm not even going to write that down. Write it down. The Holy Spirit is God. He is the third person of the Trinity and he is as much God as the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is God. All three are co-equal and co-eternal. And I want to show you this in Scripture. Everything that we're going to talk about, I'm going to show you in Scripture. In other words, don't trust me. Trust what the Word of God says. Find it in the Word, look at it, read it, and choose whether you agree with it or not. This is what, I'm going to show you two Scriptures to prove to you that the Holy Spirit is God. Acts chapter 5, verse 3. Then Peter said, this is the whole idea, this is the whole story of Ananias and Sapphira. Um, Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that, kept this, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. No, put a pin in that, continues. And have kept for yourself some of the money that you've received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you do such a thing? And then he says this, this, this verse, verse 4. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. You catch that? In other words, you look at verse 3. He says, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 4, he says, you haven't just lied to human beings. You've lied to God. In other words, the Holy Spirit is God. They're one and the same. The Holy Spirit is God. The next, word, the next um, example is this. In Jesus' baptism, we see all three parts of the Godhead highlighted. All three. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, this is a pretty big deal, uh, and he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. So catch it. Just in these two verses, the Father speaks. The Spirit descends, and the Son is affirmed. All three, in one place, in one time, in one message, in one place. Not only is the Holy Spirit God, but the second point is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, when I say person, a lot of times you think, well, he's, he's is, he, is he human? No, he's not human, right? When I say person, I mean... I mean that he has a, a will, that, he has, um, that, that he's personal, that he can have relationship. That, that's what I mean by, by person. It doesn't mean that, that he is just like you. It just means that, that he is, in many ways, like us. He is a person. Let me show you in this. John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, which is another name for the Holy Spirit, to help you, And to be with you. Those are very personal, relationship-oriented things. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Catch this now, count them with me. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. He lives with you and will be in you. I hope you saw this. Five times in this last verse, Jesus uses very specific pronouns him or he, not it. It is reserved for an object, it is reserved for a thing. But, but the pronoun he, that's reserved for a person. He is reserved for, for someone who can do things that are relational, that have a mind that, that, can, that makes decisions. That is how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as a person. Now, I'm not going to give you all the the chapter and verse for everything, but I was just looking through the the New Testament alone and looking at the acts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to prove to you and show you how much the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit makes decisions. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit, we just read this, can be lied to. The Holy Spirit teaches us and helps us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And not only that, the Holy Spirit is what makes it possible for us to enter the kingdom of God. We have to be born of the Spirit or else we have no place in the kingdom of God. So the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. The third point is this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. This is a big one. You're like, really? Yes, this is a big one. I think sometimes people get a little jiggy when you talk about the Holy Spirit because it's been associated with weirdness over the years. Like, you've got that weird aunt. You know what I'm talking, you know her, right? She's like, whoa, woo! You get around her at Thanksgiving, and my goodness, like, she's, woo, okay, it's interesting, right? The Holy Spirit has always been kind of like the Holy Spirit really kind of gets a bad rap because of weird people. Listen, your aunt was weird before she received the Holy Spirit, and she's weird now with the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times we like to blame weirdness on the Holy Spirit, but here's the reality the Holy Spirit is what draws people to God, not pushes them away. Holy Spirit's endearing, he's a gentleman. And he's not weird. So here's what I would say to you is this. If you're struggling with this even today, you're kind of like, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know if I want to enter into all this, this Holy Spirit talk. And here's what I would say. Don't allow other people's behavior to determine your view of the Holy Spirit. Don't allow your, your weird aunt to determine what the Bible says about the promise, the gift of God of the person. Of the Holy Spirit and I would say this you can be a normal person and believe in the person the power and the presence of of the Holy Spirit it's okay he's not weird amen so let's 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 recap if he's God if he's a person if he's not weird if he's a gift for every believer then this is my question who would want you to be afraid of the Holy Spirit I mean, think this through. If there was something that was, that was so powerful that could cause a believer in Jesus to operate in the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that were available, I'm just saying, if I were Satan, I would be working really hard to create a lot of controversy and confusion and fear and envy so that believers would stay as far away from that as they most possibly could and as i look around as i look at i mean i can't speak for the whole worldwide but as i look around at the american church i mean satan has created all kinds of controversy around this he's made us afraid of one gift you know that one we'll talk about that later and then and and I've watched good people, people that love God, live a spirit-less life rather than a spirit-filled life because of fear, and man, I just don't even know if I want to even get close to this thing. Because I got a weird aunt, and whoo, is she weird. I don't know if I want any, any part of this. So my attempt in this series as we talk about this, as we, as we talk about the God that I never knew, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, I... I my my aim but it's going to require something of you as well my aim and my goal is to strip away our preconceptions our misconceptions and our fears about god the holy spirit and allow god's word to move on us and to help us to 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 truly grasp the gift that jesus died to give us if it's that big of a deal in the word of god and i i will i will contend that it is all throughout the new testament specifically then there's something that maybe we're quite not understanding or getting. Now, to understand this whole idea of the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is, I think it's really important, before we even get started in this, to really take a look at the words that the Bible uses to identify the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to look at, we're going to do a quick little Hebrew-Greek thing. Um, I, I, it won't be long, It's going to get in, get out. But here's the thing. If you look at the Old Testament, there's one word that they use for the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. It's written in Hebrew. Now, it's not written in King James. I just want you to know that. The Bible was not written in King James. It was written in Hebrew. And this word that that is used, we first see it used in the second verse of the first chapter of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. This is what it says. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now I want you to understand this. This Hebrew word for spirit, and we'll see this time and time again as we look throughout the Old Testament, whenever it's mentioned about the Spirit of God, is this word ruach. Can you say it with me? Ruach. Say it one more time. Ruach. Here's the definition. A wind. A a violent exhale. A breath of the mouth. A, A wind. That's the Old Testament translation of that word, that we translate spirit of God. It's wind. The New Testament, we see another word that's used because the New Testament is primarily written in Greek. It wasn't written, like I said, in English. It was written in Greek. And so this word that we find here in John chapter 6, verse 63, let's read it. It says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Now, this word for spirit in the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. Can you say that with me? Pneuma. If you're reading it in your notes, there's a P. You don't pronounce the P. It's silent. It's not pneuma. It's pneuma. Okay? Pneuma. Here's the definition of this word. A wind. A movement of air. A blast of breath. Now, like, I don't know about you, but as I read both of these words I'm thinking this is kind of like monumental here like there's something that I'm I don't think I'm quite understanding because every time that I'm reading the spirit of god or the holy spirit it could be translated the wind of god the breath of god and the holy winds the holy wind of god like this whole idea of wind and the breath of god being the spirit of god so let me be very clear. I believe that every word that is in the Bible is there for, for a purpose and for a reason. So since the, the Bible uses in both the Old Testament and the New Testament a word that describes the Holy Spirit as wind, then I want to take a look at it. I want to, I, you know, I've been, I've been studying this week. I'm like, all right, like, what are the different characteristics of wind that might help us understand who the Holy Spirit is to a greater degree? The first thing I know is this. The, holy, the, the wind is unseen. It is unseen. Let me read it for you in John chapter 14 again. He says, And I'll ask the Father, and He'll give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Catch this. The, word cannot, the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. Wind is unseen. You can see the effects of wind, but you can't really see wind. Nobody's like, oh, did you see that wind? No, but you could see things flying, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, when wind blows on something, it can do something as as, as catastrophic as rip up trees or level houses, or it can just rustle leaves and blow lawn furniture around. We can't, we can't necessarily see wind, but we can see the effects of wind. And here's the interesting thing, like, I don't know if you, you ever watched like, the weather channel, um, but... but after tornadoes, a lot of times they have these like crazy stories of this, this one street in a town where one side of the street, it's like the tornado just ripped down through the whole side of the street. All these houses are leveled. They lost everything. And you literally go to the other side of the street and people are sitting on their front porch drinking coffee looking at the devastation on the other side of the street. Like, what? they weren't even touched. Like, what in the world? Holy, I mean, thank, thank you. God. Wow can't even believe that happened do you ever feel like that in, i feel like that in worship sometimes like maybe you felt like that today you got someone next to you oh my gosh they are so stinking excited that's going on you know they're already saved but they're like they're getting saved all over again like chill out you're like jumping around and like raising their hands like doing calisthenics and you're like mm, okay i'm good and you're sitting there thinking am i missing something you ever been there the person next to you is like getting rocked by God and they're weeping and crying and healed and you're just like, I don't, what am I missing? I don't understand what's going on here. It's interesting to me. I can relate sometimes to Genesis chapter 28 where, where Jacob says, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. Surely God's moving, surely. And I believe this, even as we start talking about the Holy Spirit, he starts filling starts blowing. Even even right now, as we talk about the wind of God and the Spirit of God, when you're aware of Him, He moves you. He moves you. There are times where I'm watching someone next to me just entering into worship, and I'm thinking, music's a little loud today. Lights are a little low, a little bright, a little hot, a little cool, a little... And all of a sudden, I realize I'm not even aware of his presence in this place. And I'll tell you, here's the cool thing. When we walk in an awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit, it's like it ushers in more of him. Do you ever catch that? Like, I, I, I could, I, I believe this. You could go to the DMV. I know. You think like the Holy Spirit would be like, I ain't taking a ticket, I'm out, Right? but I'm just telling you, you could go into the DMV and when you're aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, I'm telling you, he fills. You, 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 you sense his presence even, even at the DMV. Like it's our awareness of him that ushers in more of his presence. And it's in his presence that he moves you. And for some of you, even right now, even in our worship, you're moved. Maybe you're moved to tears. You're like, I just don't understand why I'm crying. This is not normal for me. Maybe you're moved to to repentance. You're moved to to give something away. You're moved to your knees like some of you. Like you're moved to obedience. You're moved to forgive someone that you know doesn't deserve it. He's unseen. But when the of God comes... His effect on you is undeniable undeniable even right now as the Holy Spirit moves you cannot help but be moved by him that's what happens in our life so the second part is this not only is the wind unseen but the winds is unpredictable the wind is unpredictable let me read it for you in John chapter 3 It says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now keep this up here for a second. I want you to take a look at this. This is really cool. As I was studying, I was was reading through this. And here's the cool thing right here. In this one verse, that word pneuma is used twice. Twice. Two times in this verse. That word that we translate spirit is used twice. Right there for wind, the wind, pneuma, blows where it pleases. And then at the end it says, so it is with everyone born of the pneuma, spirit. So it's interesting. You could actually read this thing as the spirit blows wherever it pleases. Isn't that true? <laughs> you hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or, or where it's going. And so it is with everyone born of the wind of God. Born of the wind of God. I love that idea. I find that that's how I came to know him. When he just blew into my life. And he continually blows on me. That I might follow him and be moved by him. That's how he is. He's predictably unpredictable. I love it. Now, we, we, we realize this, that, you know, if you've been in this whole Christian walk thing for a long time, that the wind of God, the Spirit of God, you can't control him, you can't bottle him up, you can't direct him, you can't command him, you can't instruct him, even though we try to at times. But he seems to kind of blow wherever he pleases, he doesn't tell us where he's going. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but like, God, I'm supposed to follow you, but I don't know exactly what you're doing or where you're going. God, he starts challenging your mindsets. He starts, he starts sticking his nose into areas that like you're like, this is clearly off limits, God. I don't understand why you think that you have the right. I, this person has been forgiven, so quit bringing it up. Yeah, Amen. He starts, he starts challenging your comfort and your mindsets, and he calls you to go beyond yourself and, and not just kind of stay cloistered to yourself. And he doesn't tell you where he's going, but he beckons us to follow him as he blows through our life, as he blows through your life. He is, he is predictably unpredictable. And I find that he rarely does the same thing the same way twice. And that is what is frustrating to me. Because just when I think that I've got him figured out, you know, like, I I don't know about you, I like to figure God out. Okay, God, this is the way that you're going to talk to me. This is the way that we're going to communicate. This is the way that, that I meet with you. He surprises me. And I want to be like, God, what are you doing? Like, this isn't how we do it. Like, you speak to me through dreams. You're not supposed to give me words of knowledge. Like, this does not, this isn't how we do our thing. I meet with you at the, at, at the ocean. Like, I don't understand why you're all of a sudden showing and surprising me in ways. And, and, and in some ways, it's frustrating to me because he won't continually allow me to engage with him the same way twice. But I'm so glad that he does. Because if he didn't, I would trust in a recipe rather than a relationship. If he chose to just do the same thing and and engage with me the same way, I would try to perfect a system rather than listen to the wind and where it's blowing and where he's leading and the words he wants me to speak. And the person he wants me to minister to. And the place he wants me to go. And where he wants me to spend my money. And who he wants me to love. And where he wants me to stand. And where he wants me to step. And who he wants me to reach out to. Man, I just, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just wish that he would just, just give me the the Ten Commandments, Jesus. Just tell me what not to do and what to do. Do these things. Don't do these things. Don't smoke, drink, or chew, or go with girls who do. And, like, if I could just do these things, like, then, then then, that would be good. I could perfect this system, and we could, we don't even need to be friends. We could just, you could do your thing. I'll do my thing. You do you, and I'll do me. And he's like, that is not what I died for. I'm going to lead you. And I think it's our tendency Then it's not just me. And I think that he knows it, and that's why he does And he he ruins all my plans and has different ideas than I thought that he should have. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Think about this. God only spoke through a burning bush once to Moses. This wasn't like a a normal thing. Moses didn't go around to all the Israelites and just be like, hey guys, look. um, If you haven't talked to God through a burning bush, then you really haven't experienced him yet. Moses wasn't walking around thinking, like, is that, a, is that burning? Is that well, You want to speak to me, Lord? Like, he wasn't looking to, under every bush for God to be speaking. Here's the other thing. God only spoke through a donkey one time. Hallelujah. Look, you don't walk around seeing a donkey thinking, what, what doth message dost thou have for me, donkey? Hee-haw. <laughs> and you're like, I must pray for the interpretation. I must pray for that. You don't walk around thinking, well, this is the only way God can talk to me. He can only talk through donkeys and he can only talk through bu- Is that bush hot? right?" Yeah. No, because he rarely does the same thing twice. Why? Because he knows who we are and he knows that we would love a good recipe. Is that a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, God. Oh. he knows it. He knows that's our tendency. Jesus knows this too. So like in Mark chapter eight, it's been rocking me this whole week. Um, there's this one story, and you may have kind of missed it or thought that it was like another story, but it's very different. Um, Mark chapter 8, there's a blind guy. His friends bring the blind guy to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, hey, could you touch Could you touch our friend? In other words, this is essentially what they're asking because I can read into this, right? Hey, could you do your thing, the thing you do, you know, your little hocus pocus, you know, that little, oh, that thing. Could you do that to my friend so that he could see? Seen you do it to other people. Could you just touch him? Do that touch-touch thing? And Jesus looks at them and he decides he's going to do something different. So different that he takes his blind man by himself and walks him out of the village. Come on, let's go. Not just down the street, not just like, hey, get away from the crowd. Like, no, walks out of the village. Gets out of the village, turns around, and spits in the guy's eyes. And you're like, well, didn't he make like a little mud pie? Not in Mark chapter eight. He didn't. Mark chapter eight. He spat in the man's eyes. I'm like, Lord, why? What? what? I mean, mud pies are one thing, but you, you, you literally, you, 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 you spat in his eye. I, I honestly think that Jesus was like, oh, y'all think that. Y'all think my little like recipe is, is what heals people. Oh, you think if I just touch him, if I do my little special incantation and my little hallelujah thing, if I do, if I do it just like you saw other people do it, then that's what heals people. Oh, you thought that, that when you come up for prayer, you better get that, that guy to pray for you. Don't get her. She's she not got nothing in her hands. You got to have him pray for you. You think, you think that's, that's what heals you. Oh, you think that, that you get healed by going to this specific program. Oh, that's what you think. And Jesus is continually teaching us, look, I want to show you that I don't heal by a predictable system. I heal through a personal relationship. And you can't program it because sometimes he healed people with, with, with laying on of hands. Sometimes he healed people by a word. Sometimes he healed people through mud pies. This time he spat in the man's eyes. Because God is predictably unpredictable because he wants us to be following the wind. Follow the wind. Man. Number three is this wind is powerful. Wind is powerful. I always had this dream and maybe you can relate to this. I always thought to myself, man, what would it be like if I were like transported back in time where where I was one of the 12 disciples. I could like hang out with Jesus. And Jesus could, like, walk with me and talk. We could, we could hold hands, and, and he, could, he could, like, prophesy to me and pray over me. And I, could, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to walk and talk? And he could, he could minister to people, and, and I could watch and see it firsthand. I don't have to read words on a page. Like, he could speak to me first. Like, that would be, to me, I look at that, and I'm like, man, that would be absolutely a dream. A dream come true for me. And then I read scriptures like John chapter 16, verse 7 where Jesus himself is telling people that that walked with him and talked with him and lived with him. He's talking to his disciples here, and this is what he says. But very truly I tell you, in other words, I'm not lying. He says, it is for your good. In other words, it's better for you that I'm going away. I'm sorry, what? How is that better? You're leaving me? You... God in the flesh, leaving me, you're telling me that what, I'm, what you have in store is better than that. Really? Okay. He says, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Essentially, the scripture is saying this. The spirit inside of you is better than Jesus beside you. And I don't know if I believe it. I mean, is that true? That having the Holy Spirit inside of me is better than my dream of walking and talking and living with God incarnate, Jesus Christ. Like how? Because if that's true, like if, if, if what Jesus said, you can read it for yourself, if what Jesus said is true, then I'm I'm not living in the fullness of that which he is talking about here. In other words, there is more. There's more. There's, There's something deeper. There's a relationship that God has made available to us that few find, that few spend the time to cultivate. to know and to see in their own life he included it's good news for us that there is always more there is always a deeper relationship that God has for each and every single one of us no matter how long you've known him no matter how long you've been saved the spirit of God is powerful powerful so much so look the the very last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended to heaven we see this in in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 This is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying, essentially, you need the Holy Spirit because y'all need some power. And I hear that and I'm like, yeah, I think I need power. Power sounds good, right? But what does that mean? Like, yeah, I'd like power, power to what? Cast out demons, power to heal, power to... Here's here's what I think it means in, in the context of wind. I went sailing for the first time. I've got a good friend um, that uh, that took me sailing for the first time uh, about three months ago, and my goodness, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever been on, and one of the most scariest experiences I've ever been on. Um, we we we, we literally got out into the ocean, and we hoisted the sail, and that wind took off. Oh, brother, I'll tell you, like, literally, we were like this. Like, oh my gosh! Like, I was like, we're gonna die. We're dead. We're gonna die. Do you even know what you're doing? I'm looking at my friend, like, we're gonna die. It's like, no, nope, we're gonna be just fine. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about right? I mean, the wind is going, is going, it's going. And the more sail that we let up and we hoisted up, the faster we went. And the more that we took the sail in and kind of folded that back and took that thing in, the slower we would go. It was just this reality of like, my goodness, we weren't rowing. I didn't have any motor. We weren't using gas. It was simply as we hoisted our sail, we were harnessing the power of this wind of this wind we we're just we we're just we we're just harnessing it and the lord spoke something to me about this as we were you know spending the day out there and it was this and it was just kind of this real simple he just said you know what you think that you'll you'll get to where you want to go better if you're you're tiring yourself out by rowing it's like what do you mean that a, no i don't i don't i don't think i think that so like, "No, you think that success in following me looks like you being completely worn out? Burnt out, tired. You, you think that that's the picture of success?" Like, "Hmm And it was this reality that he just spoke to my heart was this: like, I can only guide a ship with its sail up for me to fill." And I think that many of us, me included, at times can just be rowing, thinking this is the only way I'm going to get here. I'm just, I'm going I, and, to, and you're worn out and you are tired and you are doing it all in your own strength and you're thinking, this is the only way I'm going to get from point A to point B. I've got to keep this thing going. I've got to keep this thing going. I've got to keep this thing going. And I'm tired and I need help, but nobody can help me. And I, I've just got to do this thing on my own. And you think, like, I think I'm missing something because you are. You are missing something. Because Jesus never asked you to row your boat. Row, row, row your boat, right? He just asked us to put our sails up and allow the of God to fill them. I think this is what Jesus meant. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 when he says to us this Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think that's what Jesus was trying to explain to us. You've been trying to do it on your own. You've been thinking, man, I just gotta keep rowing or I gotta prop this thing up with some with some gas and some motor. We need to have lights and a stage and we gotta we gotta have all of the trappings of Christianity and we gotta have a building and we gotta have great music and the preaching's gotta be okay. And like we gotta do all of these things. We've gotta prop these things up. We've got to get this motor going, baby, so I can get the wind blowing in my hair. And Jesus says, I've never called you to do that. The only thing that I've called you to do Is that which you were born out of, continue in. See, see, the, the, the early church at the day of Pentecost, this is what the this is what the apostles, the people in the upper room understood, that the church was birthed out of a mighty rushing wind. That's what they heard, right? We hear, we hear a, they heard the sound of mighty rushing winds and it swept through that place. And I want to contend with you this, that the, as the church was born out of a mighty rushing wind, we were never called to be like, wow, isn't that awesome? I got goosebumps. That wind was great. We were called to continue to follow, to be moved by the very wind that infilled us. We were called not to row, row, row your boat, but to hoist our sails full open and allow him to fill where he says, take my yoke upon you. My burden is easy, my yoke. My yoke is light. My question is, do you see the church that way? Do you see your Christian walk that way? Is it row, row, row your boat? Or is it, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I need you to fill my, my sails God, I need to be refreshed by you. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life because I've been trying to work on my own power and I desperately know that I'm missing something that you obviously died to give me. Are you rolling around asking God to bless it? Or are you allowing him to fill your sails so that he can blow you where he wishes? You may not know where he's going. You may not know where he comes from but it's far better than trying to do this thing on our own. Why don't you stand with me? Here's what I want to encourage you. Like I said, this is an introductory message as we talk about the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you as we, as we enter into this, this season, as we enter into this time. Look, even today as we enter into worship today, I want to encourage you to do this, to, to let go of your fears to let go of, of your misperceptions, your misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Let go of what your, your weird aunt has done. Let go of, of, of that which you think and this is what it's supposed to look like when, when people have, have the Holy Spirit. Let go of all those things and don't even trust me. Allow the Word of God to speak the truth of God over your life. And I will contend to you that the Holy Spirit is not something that you should be afraid of. The Holy Spirit is not something that you don't want to have. The Holy Spirit is that which you have been looking for. Let me prove it to you. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11. He said, which of you fathers, if you, ask your, son, if you ask, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Like, That's cruel. If you then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? For some of you, He's the gift you never thought you could ask for. He's the wind in your sails, He's the breath in your lungs. Is that what you've been looking for? And I love this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. In the message paraphrase, he says this. Paul reminds us the the three persons of the Trinity. He says, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. You catch that? Jesus saves us through his, his grace. God the Father loves you in an extravagant love. And the Holy Spirit is meant to be with you, to have an intimate friendship with. He's not scary or weird. He's God, he's a person, he's a gift that God has given the church. That for many of us, because of different reasons, we've chosen to distance ourselves whatever reasons, but you're meant to have an intimate relationship with him. So maybe your prayer today as we enter into worship one last time is this, God, I'm ready to go on this journey. I I don't quite know what this is going to look like, but you say that I need this and so I want it. And I'm choosing today to trust you. I'm choosing today to trust that you are a good father. And when, when, when God gives us gifts, they're always good. They're always good. So take me on this journey, Lord. I just want to encourage you as we enter into worship today. If God's been speaking to you about this and you just feel like this, this on the inside of like, you know what, I know that there's more for me and I'm ready to go on in this journey learning more about who the Holy Spirit is, I just want you to raise your hand right now in this place, just between you and God. Just say, that's where I'm at. God, I trust you. If this is what you have for me, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Lord Jesus, as we enter into worship today, I pray. I pray for those that that are saying, you know what? I want to receive a deeper, abiding love in you, Jesus. I want to read this over, and I want to speak this prophetically over us today. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says this. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Jesus, I pray for each and every single person the sound of my voice. Lord, We just pray what is available to us through the death, burial, and resurrection of your son. We pray the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit over the people that call themselves followers of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those that are weary and heavy burdened. Lord, I pray for those that have been rowing, rowing, rowing their boat, tired and worn out and ready to quit. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would breathe fresh wind into this place. I pray that you would breathe fresh wind into their sails. Lord, I pray that we would come to know what it means and what you're trying to communicate to us. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Jesus, fill us fresh today. We worship you. We give you thanks. Jesus, we pray that as we walk into the promise of the Holy Spirit that you've given us, that we're supposed to have an intimate relationship with God. I pray that even, even not just today, not just in our church service, God, I pray that we would be aware of your presence throughout our week, throughout our days, at the DMV, at Hannaford, at Market Basket, with our kids, in traffic, at our workplace, with our husbands and wives. Lord, I pray that we would be aware of your presence every step of the way, not just, oh God, I sense you, but as the wind blows, and we don't know where you're going, and we don't know where you come from. We choose to walk in obedience to it. Jesus, reveal yourself in a deeper way to us. Let's worship you with all that we have. You. Reveal yourself. hallelujah